0: Welcome to the Dr. Patient Forum, a no-holds-barred patient advocacy podcast discussing why millions of pain patients continue to suffer, but most importantly, who caused the suffering. Join us weekly as we discuss how you can help end the untreated pain crisis. We are releasing a quick mini episode today, but we will still be releasing our full podcast tomorrow with pharmacist Matt. In this episode today, I'm interviewing Dr. Jay Joshi. He is doing an extremely important survey, and we really need your help. We will be linking the information in the show notes. We will also be putting it on our website. The plan is to release one question a week, and we will put it on our website weekly as we do that, and we will post it so you know about it. So please listen to this podcast, share it with everybody you know, because we need as many pain patients as possible to answer these questions. Today we have on Dr. Jay Joshi. I'm going to let him introduce himself here in a minute, but he's going to explain something that he's doing with a survey that's going to help pain patients and doctors. Hi, Jay. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Hi, Bev. Thank you for having me. I appreciate everything you guys are doing at the Doctor Patient Forum. Uh,
0: Yes, thank you so much. I mean, you've done so many things with the Daily Remedy. So how about you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing and all about this project you're doing?
1: Sure. So I'm a primary care physician. I am uh, practicing in Northwest Indiana, Whiting, Indiana specifically. I was um, the victim of uh, overzealous DEA agents who through misconceived policies, uh, targeted me, and subsequently indicted me for uh, prescribing outside of the scope of medicine. Uh, After completing that entire legal ordeal and regaining my medical license, I realized that I cannot just move on. I have to do something for my patients and for the medical community as a whole. And as a result, I started Daily Remedy to speak out about the injustices that are taking place against patients, providers, and the healthcare community at large, in hopes that by telling the truth, by advocating for sensible policy, we can increase the number of outlets that are helping to provide patient-centric models of care that can help patients like chronic pain patients receive the care that they deserve.
0: So Jay, I'm so sorry to hear that you were targeted. We've heard so many stories of doctors who have been terrorized from the government, and that's uh, definitely what led to this project you're doing. And I'm so excited to help you promote it because I really do think that it will help pain patients. It will help doctors because one thing I think people don't fully understand is a big reason that doctors don't prescribe is because they're afraid to prescribe because they're targeted with different things like PDMP metrics and algorithms and all these other things we've been speaking about. They're scared and they have every right to be scared, as you know, because you were targeted, right?
1: Yeah, certainly. It's a pernicious pandemic of fear that complements the opioid epidemic. We all know the statistics. Prescription Opioids are decreasing. Illicit opioids like fentanyl and heroin are increasing. The data shows this, but the policies don't reflect it. And I think part of the reason why the policy fails to understand this is because we're not getting the right information from patients. Any patient, chronic pain, substance use dependency, or some mental health condition that take certain medications that fall under the controlled substance list face a certain fear, or at the very least, physician encounter it could be that the nurse or physician feels uncomfortable prescribing not through any fault of the patient but simply because the nature of fear perpetuated by the opiate epidemic has escalated its own pandemic of fear and as a result there is a cognitive play that takes place between the doctor or nurse and the patient and that cognitive play is not captured in the data what i seek to do is propose a series of surveys these surveys would capture specific emotions, or as I call them, perceptions at very specific times in the patient encounter. For example, I'm asking the question through the Daily Remedy site, can you tell when your provider no longer trusts you? It's a very unique question because I never offered the opportunity to answer that. It's simply your provider trusts you or your provider doesn't trust you, and you as the patient are at the mercy of what happened. But I think it's important to understand That as patients, we need to appropriately represent ourselves and let our providers know that we can tell when you are being affected by other things outside of my medical history, my medical needs, or the patient encounter. As a patient, can you tell when your provider is being influenced by the latest headline news about drug bust X, fentanyl candy-colored rainbow Y? All these sensationalized media headlines alter the perception in the provider's mind, and that harms patient unfairly and unnecessarily. Integrate the survey responses alongside existing data to demonstrate what we already know To be true implicitly. We know that patients with chronic pain face subtle discrimination whenever they go to the physician's office to see the nurse or go to the emergency. We know that patients with certain medical conditions that require certain medications have to justify their medical need, but no data exists at a population level to demonstrate its impact relative to other data that's being collected, like opioid overdoses or number of prescription opioids prescribed.
0: That's actually brilliant, Jay, because we've talked about Terry Lewis quite a bit on this podcast because she was just an amazing asset to this community. She was a researcher also fighting for the pain community. And one thing that she constantly, she drilled in my head, she's the first one who taught me, no one's measuring patient outcome. No one's measuring patient outcome at all. This is exactly sort of what you're trying to do to understand the process. Because really, you know, when they measure PDMP, NARCS care, all of these things, everything that they've done, the guidelines, they say, oh, it's a success because prescribing is down. It's a success because doctors have been arrested. We've removed all these so-called bad doctors. No one's talking about the patient abandonment. No one's talking about the patient outcome. And no one is talking about how this affects patients, even like psychologically, because, you know, uh, some of our podcasts we did are about uh, red flags that the DEA puts forth. So the DEA puts forth red flag that gets worked into the CDC guidelines and things like NARCS care and different PDMP metrics. And that causes doctors to know, like, I know these things are red flags. So if my patient has these red flags, I can't prescribe to them, right? And so therefore, it's causing the doctor to distrust the patients, right? And then the patients know this. So they're, they always think the doctor doesn't trust them from the set, like, I can tell you for me from the second I'm going into a doctor's office, if I have to go to the hospital, whatever, in my head I'm like this doctor doesn't trust me I have to completely think about every single thing I'm saying to edit my words in my head so I don't you know we know the red flags like you can't be dressed too nicely you can't be underdressed you can't mention a drug specifically but you can't not know the name of the drug like there's so many different red flags like can't have a mental health diagnosis so if I'm struggling with depression I can't tell my doctor that because they're because really when you tell your doctor you're you're depressed often they just dismiss you now which causes patient abandonment But I don't blame the doctors because if the patient says they're depressed and the doctor puts that in the medical records and the doctor continues to prescribe, that doctor can very well get targeted. So all of this, all caused by targeting doctors, medical boards, the feds, targeting doctors, this causes distrust in the doctor's office. And the thing that's so ironic to me is one of the main goals of the CDC guidelines that they put was that it could improve the doctor-patient relationship. So this is phenomenal. Like, this is brilliant. I'm so excited to to uh, promote this because we need to hear what the patients think, how the patients mm-hmm. feel. Because I can tell you right now, I, I never feel like I could be honest with my doctor ever, ever about anything because I'm afraid. And I know other patients feel that way. So why don't you tell me how we can help you? Uh, we are going to put a link on our website. We'll link it to your website also um, about this survey. But why don't you tell me a little bit about what patients can do and- how the questions are going to come out, how often they're going to come out, and then how soon you think that you could compile this information. And also let us know, are you working on this project alone? Or are you collaborating with any other professionals?
1: It certainly is. Bev, I love listening to you. I love the passion in your voice. Mm-hmm. And you truly speak from a perspective of both experience and expertise. And so it's always a, a pleasure to hear your perspective on things. Oh, thank you. This is a series of surveys will be administered over the next 10 to 12 weeks. The links will be posted on various forums like the doctor patient forum. They will link to the daily remedy site where we have a back end data repository where we collect the survey responses. We stratify the responses based off of counties. And the reason why we do it by county is because that's the most granular level of data available on populations that have studied opioid and opioid related social determinants across the country. So we wanna keep the data at the same level of stratification so we can cross-reference the survey responses with the existing data. Once a week, I will release A survey. It'll be broadcast across Daily Remedy, the doctor patient forum, and other outlets like Twitter and social media interfaces. Patient pain advocacy, or really just somebody who has been involved directly with situations where perception played a role in their clinical care, to answer these surveys, demonstrate what they feel. Provide information on what county they're from, and that's it. It takes less than a minute per survey, very simple, very quick, very easy, and that's by intention because we want as many responses as possible. After the 10 to 12 weeks of collecting the data, I'm going to work with individuals like Dr. Narundas Gupta and other individuals who have more experience in compiling at an epidemiological level such information. Together we'll then determine how we can cross-reference the survey responses with The existing data and demonstrate that how perceptions affect clinical outcomes. So for example, in County A, it seems like there's a greater amount of distrust. Well, that just so happens to correlate with the greater number of patients who turn to illicit heroin and fentanyl. Is that a coincidence or is that a correlation that's clinically significant? This is the type of survey responses that would provide meaningful answers to those questions. So again, to kind of repeat, uh, once a week for the next 10 to 12 weeks, a survey question consisting of about one or two questions only will be disseminated. After that, I will take another three or four weeks to work with individuals like Dr. Das Gupta to then compile the data. And once it's compiled, it'll be publicly available. So anybody who's interested in taking that information, compiling with their own studies or with existing studies that are ongoing, I'm more than happy to share the This is a collaborative approach. All of this can only work if we're actively involved in setting policy and advocating for each other. So in that vein, I'd like to share the data with everyone in hopes that it can help provide meaningful information to help patients individually but also help set the record straight on health policy at a national level.
0: That's that's amazing because I, I really think the only way we could get out of this mess that has been created is to do exactly what you're doing. All these different people working in different aspects and kind of collaborating and sharing the data because this is brilliant. I mean, we have states that we know, like Narc's Care is more, that, that they've been more active or certain states like say Ohio, where their PDMP is run, the executive director is run by someone who's never even on the executive board to pharmacy in Ohio, they've never even worked as a pharmacist, they have no experience, they're completely law enforcement, that's a complete forensic tool, you know, doctors are terrorized because of the PDMP. So say we get some data from Ohio, like we can actually try to see I mean, if patients and doctors don't trust each other more in states and areas where doctors are more targeted, and then therefore, if there's more patient abandonment, and then even overdose deaths like that's, that's actually brilliant. I mean, I think this could be the start of a lot of this unraveling of this information to show they Call it unintended consequences, you know. uh, Dr. Ted Colas wrote an article calling it intended consequences. I I tend to agree with Dr. Colas that it's it's intended consequences, but at least we can show these consequences of the government's actions, what they so called used to solve the quote opioid crisis, um, and that what they actually did is they caused this entire crisis and the snowball effect where it is so out of control now, like. I don't even know how we're going to go about fixing it. So I'm so excited for you to just to put out this survey and compile this data. We love Dr. Gupta. He's phenomenal. He's spoken on um, behalf of pain patients for a long time now. So I love that different um, because his specialty is like harm reduction and epidemiology. And I love that different specialists from different parts of of this crisis are kind of gathering together to help solve this with all of the information together. So thank you, Jay. Thank you so much for doing that. We'll have a link on our website where we'll have this information. I'll link it to your website. And I think that would be this is going to be an amazing tool. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Jay. Is there anything Uh, else you want to share about any of this before we go?
1: No, I just uh, would encourage everyone. Everybody to participate, encourage uh, people to share the survey link. The more responses we get, the stronger the response data can prove out to be. And the more valid of our plight as pain patients and as physicians caring for pain patients will be seen. So we are all in this together. And I hope that we can all work together to show that what we think inside of our heads is real, is legitimate, and needs to be taken seriously by the medical community.
0: Just those words alone, I can tell you they are going to encourage so many patients because so many patients just feel alone. They feel their voices are never heard. No one cares. No one listens. No one cares if they live or die. So just those words alone alone, I know are going to encourage people. So thank you so much for for doing this, Jay. And thank you so much for speaking with me today.
1: Thank you for having me. Talk soon.
0: Just a quick disclaimer that what you hear in our podcast is not to be considered medical or legal advice. We will always provide links in the show notes to give evidence for what we are saying.